Hi, welcome to Life After Baby. I'm your host, Leslie Hudson. From bottles to books, diapers to dorms, and everything in between, each week I interview parenting experts to help me navigate life as a new mom. One of the titles I was thinking for this episode could be, man, I wish I knew about this program before I delivered. So my guest is Nora Wright. She owns The Family Hive. She's also a social worker, therapist, lactation counselor, and a mom to a two-year-old boy. So Nora and Kelly run a very innovative new parenting program called Bringing Baby Home. By offering the Bringing Baby Home program, they hope to empower new parents to strengthen their relationship and embrace their new roles. Something that is, as we were just talking about before, it's a huge learning curve. So thanks for joining me today, Nora. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and the Family Hive? Well, thank you for having me. I'm really thrilled to connect with you and get to share some of this work that really, um, really inspires me. Um, I am a a therapist. I work with couples and individuals, and I'm the co-founder of The Family Hive with uh, Dr. Kelly Tracy. And uh, our mission is really to look at the transition to family life uh, and offer programs and resources that we feel can really help couples thrive, um, deepen their own connection, uh, and then allow them to be the best parents that they can be. Uh, So we offer um, for the birth side, a hypnobirthing program, which is really about how to look at some of the fears that we carry into birth, which has a lot of uncertain variables in it, and to to just get grounded and feel more confident uh, and realize that, you know, how we are within ourselves is an important part of the conversation in our birth experience, even though it's not all of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then um, for once people have the baby, it's like, whoa, I spent a lot of time preparing to have a baby and now I have it. Mm -hmm. And um, how do how does that change things um, for me and my relationship, for me in a new role? And um, for that, uh, we offer this program called uh, Bringing Baby Home. And it's um, it's a really uh, special program that's for couples to take together, either before they have the baby to prepare, um, or we sometimes have couples take it with a a baby in arms. uh, Mm -hmm. And now it's all over Zoom. So little babies, um, you know, over the video. And, um, and I, I'm really, I find it a really uh, transformative program. And I'm thrilled to have the chance to, to talk a little bit more about it. Absolutely. And I feel like, you know, I'm sure this is a large portion of your program. Communication is yes. throughout the whole process is so huge, you know, when right. you're pregnant and you're, you know, you have your concerns that you might address to your partner or your doctors. Yes. Um, like you said, your fears, especially at the hospital, you need to advocate for yourself. And then, yes. um, you know, when you come home, right. definitely there's a, you know, different dynamic with your partner and communicating your needs and the baby's needs and trying to get through those crazy first few weeks. Um, I've had a previous guest that they've talked about, you know, making a postpartum plan and they offer postpartum classes. And I would imagine that's probably a big part of bringing baby home. Yes. Yes. It's, um, wow. You said a lot of important pieces. (laughs) Communication is one of them. And thinking ahead of time uh, or in those early months of, you know, when we get stressed, which inevitably we will, uh, how do we want to talk to each other? How do we Mm -hmm. want to um, 
uh, bolster connection and reach for each other when we might not uh, feel as resilient as we normally do. Uh, that's a big piece of, of the program. Uh, and then, yeah, there's a, there is a, a section um, focused on uh, postpartum depression, postpartum mood disorders, baby blues. Uh, and a part of it is that sometimes when we don't know what to expect, uh, we can feel um, really taken off guard to be having um, different, uh, different moods than we expected. Uh, and, and just the, the unexpectedness of it can make it take longer for us to just get the support that we need. Because we know postpartum mood disorders are, are actually one of the most treatable uh, disorders there are. Mm -hmm. But if we don't know to catch it, if we can't identify it, um, and one piece of the program that's really nice is that we look at practical things that partners can actually do to alleviate distress um, for moms who have postpartum mood disorders and support babies and their development um, so they don't hit any bumps along the way, even if a mom is having a hard time. So that is a really nice um, piece of the program and I think leaves couples feeling like, you know, we can, we can handle anything. We can handle this. That's fantastic. I I remember, you know, I took a, a labor class at the hospital and, you know, it was, it was like kind of the four part series and it was, it, you know, it was a lot of really good information. My husband came with me, yeah. um, but it definitely, you know, it literally like went up to when you deliver and like, these are the potential complications and you do the game of, oh, well, if you need a C-section, like these are all the people in the room. And it was a lot of different scenarios, but it, I mean, it stopped of when the baby arrives, whereas I feel like kind of like you said, you know, I came home and those first few weeks, I wasn't really prepared of right. the hormones and the emotions. And then, you know, you hear, okay, this is baby blues, this is postpartum depression. And like, it, I, I feel like I said, you know, at least twice a day, like, is this what's supposed to happen? Is this normal? Right. Like, right. what, am I missing something? So uh, I think letting people know ahead of time what, like, these are the potential things to look out for is, is really helpful. Right. You know, it's almost, I think, today in our society, it's almost a given that you don't know what to expect for birth and that you should, you know, in quotation, you should take a class, you know, that, that most couples or most moms think, I don't know what I'm doing. I should take a class. But um, that leap, like that the birth experience is, you know, one day, two days. Uh, the new parenting then extends on for the rest of your life. And it's not a given that we'll take time to think about how, how will this transition change me? How will we be as a couple together? Um, what will it mean for me uh, to become a mother or a father? And uh, so that's, that is one of the pieces I think that, that makes this program unique, but also that's a place where kind of culturally, socially, we don't always go, is that it's not a default for us to think, oh, I'm having a baby. I should think about what that looks like. Mm -hmm. um, even though it has become a default to think about birth and getting ready for birth that way. And it, I, I'm a big planner. And I felt like when I was filling out the, you know, your birth plan worksheet that we got, yeah. I, I kind of just laughed at it because I'm like, I'm going to put all this stuff down, but yeah. she's in control, like whatever happens it's up to her. And, you know, we put so much time in these labor plans and there's so many things we can't control. Whereas really we should be thinking about, like you said, you know, when you come home, what is, 
your day-to-day -day schedule look like or, and there's so many more things in the, at least the postpartum side that you can control that we should really think more ahead of time. Um, I know you kind of talked about a few things. So what are some things that parents should be thinking about um, before the baby arrives and when should they start that process? Great. That's a great question. Um, in terms of um, when to think about it, I think any time that you're pregnant, that you're expecting, uh, is, is there are wonderful um, moments where you can turn toward each other and start to open these conversations. And that's a part of, part of the structure of the program is that you can, you know, we facilitate those conversations, questions you might not know to ask. Um, but I think all through pregnancy, you can be getting ready. You can be thinking about these things. One of the things um, that I think is huge, that's what part of what we've been talking about, is getting oriented to what stressors may come. Because part of it is that the transition to parenthood, when we look at the data, we say four couples going into the transition, two-thirds said, after having a baby, they had much lower relationship satisfaction. They were really feeling unhappy with each other, two thirds. So one part is just getting oriented to what stressors might come that would cause your relationship to like get a little cranky with each other. Yep. Um, because uh, when we know to expect something and we can say, oh, this is normal. And a lot of couples go through this and we're going to get through this too. We have a very different attitude than when we're thinking, is my relationship on the rocks right now? Like here, I thought this was going to be the happiest time of my life. And all of a sudden I'm having challenges with my spouse. Like, so just knowing what to expect and starting to talk a bit about that um, can be helpful. And one example is that even in couples where uh, there's been very equal division of labor, when babies come, we tend to see uh, that traditional gender roles get established, at least for a while. And this can really take couples aback, like, whoa, what's happening here? Uh, so knowing that, that that's um, a trend and thinking, you know, what do we want to put in place around that? Is that okay with us? Is it not? Um, can make it less of an identity issue, less kind of of a shock. Um, I definitely felt that multiple times because, you know, my plan was to breastfeed and then my husband was really supportive. So um, we had my daughter, like when she took throughout the night, like she would stay in her room and then he would bring her in when she needed to feed. If I was sleeping, he'd put her back. And then when he came to bed, like he would bring her in for the night, mm. um, but he'd be up for, for like diaper changes and burps and stuff like that. But mm. um, as I quickly learned, breastfeeding is basically a full-time job and until yes. you get bottles and there's only so much they can do. And especially you know, when you can go out, you have to think about when you pump or yeah. how long between feedings. And uh, I feel like that resonates a lot with me, everything in that part. Yes. Um, yeah. There's another piece that links in because you were talking about what role was your husband able to play? And there were things he was able to do and things he wasn't able to do. And one of the things that we see in the research is that when, when this stress comes up and when couples start to get tense and when um, maybe sometimes other family are trying to come in and help with the baby, that sometimes a, a consequence of the stress on the couple is that we see dads or non-birthing partners withdraw. Mm -hmm. 
And this is kind of a double whammy because it's like mom's feeling so stressed that she might be um, stressed. Uh, and now um, dad is not as available as he was. Um, and, uh, and then baby is not getting the same bond with that. Uh, so one of, the, one of the pieces that couples can think about ahead of time is how can we keep both of us engaged in as much as we can you know, maybe not the feeding, but it might be, you know, the changing, actually just doing skin to skin, you know, an hour a day, two hours a day. When the baby's not eating, I'm going to put the baby skin to skin um, with uh, dad or the non-birthing parent. Uh, getting, building in time for dads to really be engaged from the beginning um, sets, uh, can, can be something that couples can prep in advance. And I wanted to share something nice that I, um, I enjoyed learning and, and kind of can, can get dads excited is that um, when, uh, when, when they study babies, they study their brains and they study their, their engagement. You know, we used to kind of think babies were like lumps on a log, you know, mm -hmm. they didn't have a lot mm -hmm. going on. And now we know that's not true. We know there's a lot going on. So what, what they see when they study heterosexual couples uh, is that by two to three weeks, babies have a totally different attitude when they interact with dads. Hmm. They actually get brighter faced, they get wider eyes, um, and they're more playful. And so even at that little, babies know the difference between their parents. And there is a real value that dads bring. Uh, and, and dads sometimes really need to remember that because it's easy to think, I'm not doing the feeding, you know, I'm not doing X, Y, Z. Maybe I should just focus on whatever, my job. Um, uh, bringing home money, you know, other things. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's one piece is to think about um, the non-birthing parents staying engaged, uh, to orient to stressors that would come. Uh, a third thing I would say is to be be ready and thinking about the 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 many physiological and emotional changes that happen. There are shifts. Um, like intimacy is an example. You may not be having sex for a while, and these things, you might be feeling sad or disoriented for a while. These things can take couples off, off guard. And my, my advice to be looking for where to reconnect is first reestablish emotional connection, emotional intimacy as soon as you can. Before you're ready to um, sleep together, you know, to be physically intimate, uh, don't put the pressure on that. Um, Put the pressure on just how can we just reconnect emotionally in the midst of all this. Uh, and that tends to tide couples over. Um, and then building in a really gentle physical touch. Like if it's just a little snuggle at the end of the night or a big hug, you know, that we know we need touch, uh, even if it doesn't look the way it did before we had a baby. Um, so, so those are some things to to think about before baby comes that can help you feel more ready. Absolutely. You know, the first month was us going from appointment to appointment and I felt like, yes. you know, feeding to feeding and sleeping their naps and her naps and my naps. And, um, you know, I think about like month, I think she was about one month and my husband, I was like upset with something. And my husband was like, well, you know, why don't we just drop her off at your parents and we'll go out for dinner. And like, at first it felt, you know, it was really strange and you, know, you had the mom guilt and everything, but I was like, oh, this is, I was like, oh yeah, I think we, we definitely needed this like yeah. time to us to not right. 
really talk about her. And um, I mean, I was good. I didn't look at my phone too much, but um, I think you get so busy and you get so caught up in the baby that you're like, wait a second, we need to take time for, you know, date nights. And especially with the pandemic, that will look a little different, but I think, even okay, we're going to sit down, no TV, no phones, make dinner or something like that. Um, Right. Right. That makes well, I, I think you're naming something important that sometimes when we become parents, we start to think our identity is around um, being being a good mom means dot, 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 means um, being there all the time, you know, never having somebody else with the baby. Like, I need to be there. Mm-hmm. And um, being there and being responsive to your baby is, is important for sure. Um, but some some of the research that I think really caught a lot of people people's attention, <clears throat> and definitely Gottman, who designed this course, was that the research started to tell a different story. And the story it told was that the children who who developed the best and thrived the most with partnered parents, those couples had the highest quality of relationship. So that means, you know, we're not talking socioeconomic status. We're not talking about education level. We're talking about, did the parents feel connected to each other? Were they getting along? Um, Did they have a strong friendship? And that was the number one determinant of baby's health and well-being as they grew. Hmm. So that, for people who are trying to think about having healthy children in, in this world, was like, interesting that we have a story about what being a good mom or a good dad is and we're trying to do everything right by our baby um if we let our relationship go if after snuggling our baby we're yelling at our spouse we have to think maybe our baby's not going to get everything that they need because we're not aligned with each other and that's not a judgment at all it's an awesome motivation as you become a parent to think you know, my relate the quality of my relationship, it still matters. And it's not, uh, it's not going to take away from my relationship with my baby, which sometimes parents really worry about, um, mm-hmm. to know that it's actually going to bolster my relationship with my baby and allow me to be a better parent. Uh, that can sometimes be a push that couples need to say, what do we need to reconnect right now uh, to realize how important our relationship is? Absolutely. Uh, Well, this is obviously a topic that we could probably talk about for days, um, but we have to take a quick break. And so we will be right back after a word from our sponsor. A Taste of Olive carries high quality extra virgin olive oils, balsamic vinegars, and gourmet goods from artisans around the world. They have two locations in Chestnut Hill and Westchester, Pennsylvania. You can also find recipes, shop, or find more information at www.atasteofolive.com. Use the coupon code FAMILY for 10% off your order. Happy cooking! Welcome back to Life After Baby. I'm your host, Leslie Hudson. I'm here with Nora Wright, and we are talking about bringing baby home and what you can do before and after to make your life a little easier. As I mentioned earlier, I wanted to call this things I wish I knew before I delivered. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for those of us who already brought our baby home and didn't know about your program, um, what advice do you have for us to help with our relationship and figuring out our our different parenting roles like you mentioned? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And one of the things that I love about this course is that even though there's a lot of content and there's a lot of great content, the take home messages are relatively simple and they can be applied to your, the, the, the research is actually for expecting parents through babies with children up to three years old. And oh, okay. so even if you had a one-year-old, um, you would find a lot of the, the research about how parents can play together with their baby or their toddler um, in a way that's collaborative, uh, things you don't even think about, like the way I play with my newborn infant or toddler makes a difference in the messages that they get about how we are together, how we are as a family. So, um, so even people with children up to three, I think, could get a lot out of um, even taking the program itself. But two simple messages that I think um, can really serve um, couples who have children is to understand that the biggest impact uh, on their child's development, it's not what toys they play with or which books they read, it's what was the quality of their relationship and in particular, um, did they have a good friendship? Can they foster their friendship as one piece? And then the second piece is, uh, how do they manage conflict? And, um, and so just looking at those two pieces, like, oh, how can we bolster our friendship and our connection? And how can we think about the ways that we disagree um, in a way that will uh, allow us to stay connected. Um, so we, we map those in the course and we actually look at, um, we look at those pieces. So, so that's in terms of the couple. Any couple can start to look at those two simple things, mm -hmm. their friendship and um, how they manage conflict. And then for babies, what we see is that, you know, babies are developing this sense of, uh, you know, almost all of the kind of neural paths, like 85% um, of their um, neural paths in their brain develop for children by the time they're three years old. So wow. if there is a time to really be sensitive and responsive to your baby, basically to teach your baby that the world is a safe place, it's zero to three. Hmm. And um, that's, that's not, before we had that data, we kind of had this sense that children, babies needed to be learning uh, lessons around independence or you know, self-control, mm -hmm. uh, things that now we know their brains aren't ready for, but that if they get this sense like I'm safe in the world and my world is responsive to me, mm -hmm. by the time they're four or five and they're asked, please wait, you, know, you can't have that. You may yeah. not have it for you know, till tomorrow. That, that they're like, huh, I might be disappointed about that, but it's not rocking my world because I know at the base, my brain actually knows I'm safe. And so I think on that, there's that couple piece and then there's the parenting piece. And I think, again, rather than thinking it's so complicated and there's a million things I can do, if you can just think, how can I be the most responsive, warm parent that I can be to my, my child, zero to three, uh, I know that my baby's brain, even if I make mistakes, is getting that wiring that's my parent is here for me. They, they're creating a safe world for me. When I need something, they're there. Uh, and then when they can't have exactly what they want or need as a five or six-year-old, 
the normal, I'm still safe, my parents still love me, you know, parts are going off. Um, I think that uh, those simple things are things parents can start to look at, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. So can you kind of tell me a little bit of like what the structure of the program is and uh, how you guys discovered it and why you decided to bring it to Chester County? Yeah, absolutely. Um, this course has been delivered in different formats. Sometimes it's a weekend retreat and we actually spend, you know, two full days together. But with, uh, with the pandemic and Zoom world, we have designed it as a five-week uh, evening course. We run it 6.30 to 9. And um, like I said, it's anyone can take it who's expecting until um, their child's uh, up to three. And we, we look at the, the research, the, the Gottman Relationship Institute, which is based out of Seattle, um, they started out not looking at babies and couples with new babies. They just started looking at newlyweds. And um, they were looking at what couples who stayed together did and couples who were happy, what did they do? And couples who were stressed and distressed and separated, what did they do? So they spent many years, decades, kind of tracking that. And they could actually predict what couples would stay together or not with 94% accuracy, which is kind of stunning. Wow. Um, and then they found, oh, these couples, they just drop off. They, there's like a point in here where couples start to get really unhappy and they start to separate and they, they, what's going on here? And they were having babies and they found there's actually unique stressors that come at that point. And so they took, they, they, they looked just at couples that had really thrived in that trajectory, who'd have babies and it had been like smooth sailing. And rather than inventing like therapeutic techniques that people could put into place, instead of doing that, they just said, can we make a map of what these couples did that made them able to flow in the transition? And they call it the Sound Relationship House, and it's seven stories of the house. And we just go through systematically and we say, um, you know, a chunk of it are what are the things that couples do together that strengthen their friendship? that improve their intimacy? Um, what are ways that they're uh, connecting with their baby? Um, and so we, we, we go through it. Um, so the first two weeks, we're really looking at um, building a friendship system, uh, how, to, um, how to be co-parenting in a way that's um, inclusive and effective. Uh, and then we start to look at um, other, uh, and then our, our third class is about conflict and uh, giving some skills for um, conflict resolution that couples really usually enjoy that class a lot. And they usually come back and say, oh, we got to have some great conversations. Things we didn't even know were kind of on the back burner for us. We got to bring them out in the open and work on them. And that's awesome. Um, and then in the second part of the course, we start to apply some of those skills that they've learned two um, aspects of parenting, um, how to understand different temperaments of babies, how to parent the baby you get, because there's no parent who gets 100% match of the baby they were expecting. Mm -hmm. um, what is the transition to mother and fatherhood like? It's a, it's a big identity shift. So we spend some time um, connecting around that and, uh, and, and looking at what we know, what science tells us about child development today. So we, we track the sound relationship house starting from um, the base of getting a strong friendship through to conflict and down 
to up um, to what does it mean to have shared meaning as a family, to have tradition as a family, and to um, understand and embrace our baby uh, as they are. That's awesome. I, I love how it's, you know, not, you're, you're kind of building a foundation. It's not just, you know, to get you through new parenthood, which is a total, you know, a thing in itself. It sounds like you're really setting up foundation for a solid relationship and the things that you can, you know, use even when the kids are older and throughout your entire relationship. Right. That's a great point. And there's a, there's a part towards the end where we start to look at creating meaning because we know that there's a while where you are heads down and you are just trying to make it from one day to the next. Yeah. Uh, and if couples don't have a sense of what they're doing this for or where they're going, that can start to be very hard. Uh, and that's when we have that kind of spiral, like, and now I have a minivan and, you know, <laughs> like that comes from a sense of, I don't know what the meaning of my life is now. And so how can we keep as a couple coming back to what is, what is the, the world we're creating together? How can I support your dreams? How can you support mine? Um, yeah, all that really matters. That matters. Yeah, that's awesome. What are, what's some of the feedback you've gotten from your participants? Well, you know, I think that um, participating in something like this is kind of a leap of faith because you're saying, I'm entering something new and I don't know what's gonna go wrong. I don't know what's gonna go right. I don't know what to expect, but I'm trusting that there are things I can't even think of now that I would wanna be thinking about. And so, um, so there's a sort of leap of faith to come into it. And then I think that couples, some of the reflections I hear is that they're surprised about which pieces meant the most to them. Hmm. Um, I often hear that conflict, the conflict course is a real highlight, which uh, sometimes surprises me. <laughs> yeah. But um, And then uh, their uh, dads often find that the, the, the pieces around how to collaboratively play brings up things they just never thought about before. Um, also understanding how important dads can be and are and getting to hear some of the research on that, which is kind of stunning. Um, that can be a real highlight. Uh, and generally, I think parents just leave feeling like, wow, we are a team and this is a big transformation. And, mm -hmm. and we have a lot more skills now um, to flow with what what's coming. Um, and I, I think that's just a really, a really empowering experience. Absolutely. So you gave us so much great information. What are some of your favorite resources that you like to recommend to parents? Oh, great question. Um, well, uh, there is a, so the Gottmans wrote a book about the about what the, what they saw and the research, these sort of seven layers of um, uh, what resiliency looked like, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's called And Baby Makes Three. And so um, it's not the same as taking the class, but it is a window into uh, what we know couples need to be strong in the transition. So that's a resource I like to recommend. And then uh, Dr. John Gottman sort of translated and fused what we know about um, uh, the best ways to communicate with children, what helps kids learn. Um, and uh, he, um, he, kind of, he gave it a name, he calls it um, 
uh, emotion coaching. And uh, so he wrote a book called Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child. And um, I love their work because it's all research-based. It's, uh, and so it's about um, what, what do we need to do as parents to have the results that we want, which is uh, children who are intelligent, emotionally intelligent, are able to self-regulate and self-soothe when they get older, when they're old enough to do it. Um, and so this book uh, looks at that. Um, and then another book that I love is The Whole-Brained Child. Mm. Uh, and that also, um, I'm sure many readers will be familiar with it, but it's a, just another way to start thinking about on the, on the baby side, how can I understand what my baby really needs from me? Yeah, that's fantastic. And where can people find out more about you online? Well, um, I, uh, I run my, my classes through um, the, the organization that I founded with um, my friend and colleague, Kelly Tracy, uh, which is the Family Hive. And it's um, at the family, it's familyhivewc.com, WC okay. for Westchester. Hmm. So you can find me there. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I can see this as a fantastic resource for couples out there. Well, there's um, probably nothing more transformational and important uh, than um, when we become a parent and feeling like that can be a moment where we're, we have the support and the context to be resilient and connected and strengthened. Um, that's really... Uh, a special opportunity. And so I hope this will really encourage couples who are going through the transition to see that um, all of that's possible and that it's normal for there to be some challenges and to, um, to, to connect out to find um, some ways to, to strengthen themselves and their relationship and their connection with their baby. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So today's episode was brought to you by A Taste of Olive. A Taste of Olive sells high quality olive oils, balsamic vinegars, and gourmet goods from artisans around the world. You can visit their website at www.atasteofolive.com and enter the code FAMILY to save 10% off your total. Thanks for tuning in to Life After Baby. We'd like to thank Nora Wright of the Family Hive for joining us today. This show has been a production of Crimson Planet Media and our theme song was created by Doug Keller. When the kids are finally asleep, visit our new podcast network at keystonedigital.tv and follow us online at Instagram and Facebook at Life After Baby Show. And don't forget to take care of yourself so you can take better care of them. Mm-hmm.